0: Welcome to the Truth for Today from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota. I'm Pastor Joe Faldet. This week's podcast is actually going to be four men speaking, because that's what we did at church the Sunday that I was gone on vacation. Uh, it is Lindy Eatwell, Nathaniel Eatwell, Edgar Sanchez and Jim Buss. These are all men from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church, and we are trying to
1: figure out ways to make the teaching ministry at Hosanna more robust beyond Pastor Joe. I'll call up our speakers. The sermon text for today is printed on uh, page 11 of the, of the bulletin. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it is building itself up in love. Now, this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. We have a panel to talk about this today, part of the part of the reason for the panel is the very text that we chose. In that, we're equipping we're equipping others to equip saints. Um, so Nathaniel's the third one coming up. I'll kind of moderate, and otherwise, we're going to let you guys go.
0: Let me go first. Oh, no, Jim, that is not fair. Oh, yeah. You stand up here with the rest of us in the sun, buddy. I'm older than you. You get up here, too. Ah, So for those that have done the men's Bible study, you know I like letters and words. And so uh, I had trouble with this. And so the word that came to me was stewardship, but we're not going to talk about that. So I only have, have one word to say. And the word is sturdy. I think it's sturdy. Okay. So the S is for servants because that's what we all are. The second thing, we need to train people. The third thing is unify. And here's where it gets interesting R is ripen. Because if you look at fruit, do we want a green banana? although some people do, or do we want a yellow banana? So if we want to be the yellow banana, then we need to have each other help us to ripen. And then when we're ripe, we need to be directed, and help me with this one, what would be a Y word? I had trouble with this, Yahweh. And. I'm not a biblical scholar like the two people on the side of me, but Yahweh means Jehovah. And I have to put in a little plug before I allow these two people to speak about, if you want to know about this word Yahweh, you know my passion for the Bible project. They have a four-minute video about the word Yahweh, and they take it through. And to me, I thought it was fantastic. But, so, servants, train, unify in our faith, be ripened, Direct to Yahweh. That's all I have to say. That's all you have. To say. That's all I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. You let me go first. <laughs>
2: okay, you want to go? I'll go. You, you want go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Is this coming through, James? Yep. Does this sound good. Okay. So I'm gonna reread the the passage again because I have a question for all of you. Um. So, starting in. What? I need my pen. Uh, It's on the clipboard. Starting in verse 11. uh, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves. And carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, for whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So, what is the purpose of the Church? I was asking them. Okay. <laughs> we operate on the KISS principle here. Shout it, shout it, shout it out loud.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: what? It, so what is the purpose of the church? I'll even give you a hint. It's in verse 12. There we go. I heard make mature Christians, and what was the other one? Equip make, the saints?
0: Yep. That,
2: that's, that's the answer. <laughs> um, and so what I wrote down, our answer is, you know, to, so the way that we've been you know, maturing and equipping the saints in the West has been to live in a Christian country where we have Christian leaders and Christian laws. And on Sunday, we all get to church where you know, somebody has gone to years of seminary, and then they have all the knowledge, and then they tell all of us. And then we send missionaries to parts of the world that we can't pronounce and then they go do something over there and make Christians. Unfortunately, that has created some problems because here in America, we don't have a Christian country. Unfortunately, all you have to do is turn on the news and, you know, that's verified. Um, The fact that churches are dependent solely on the pastor produces a poor foundation and something that's top heavy. And so it can easily fall over. And that seems weird, but I can tell you firsthand that our church has experienced some of that. Does anyone remember what happened when Pastor Joe was on sabbatical? <laughs> I took attendance every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And as he, you no, know, as the months went on, attendance went down. That's not a good thing. That's, that's bad that we're so dependent on one person for that. Uh, every year the church does a Super Bowl where people cook soup, and then we have a friendly competition. When Pastor Joe was on sabbatical, do you know how many people came to the Super Bowl? Anyone have a guess? Four. Four. No. You were there. I don't
0: remember.
2: (laughs) There were seven. Myself, my parents, Jim, Linda, Stephanie, and then that temporary, yeah, Micah, Micah. that temporary pastor. That was it. But uh, the next year, when Joe and Kirsten were back church attendance was higher and if i remember correctly the super bowl attendance yeah. was higher i don't remember i apologize so we uh unfortunately that's that's not good that we're everything is so concentrated in one person uh add to that that we're living in the time of covid that ruins everything uh churches have closed uh the ones that are open are limited uh church is doing online that lacks the social interaction. You can't move meet with people afterwards and
0: we're gonna move up that shape. I do want you to move in the shade.
2: Well okay.
0: <laughs> you don't want us to get dehydrated.
2: Well this is awkward. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I'm still in the sun, dang it <laughs>
0: <laughs> move
2: over. Uh, Because churches have gone to limited capacity, we don't have Sunday school to, you know, teach. Uh, Trying to get non-Christians to church is even harder. I mean, all you have to do is turn on the news and look at the paranoia people have about COVID. I mean, you look at those stories of, like, you know, people screaming bloody murder at other people because they don't have a mask. I mean, how are you going to get people to come to our church? I don't see a single person with a mask here. Um. Uh, we also have members that don't come because they're afraid they could get COVID. And we also have members that can't come because they're in a the nursing home and, you know, treated like prisoners, unfortunately. So what do we do about all of this? We need a new system that is flexible and functional that to grow the body um, because there's a real chance that when the fall comes and the winter comes, you know, the experts are saying COVID's gonna come back and churches will be cancelled, lockdown, reinstituted, etc. And so what are we gonna do? Uh, let's see There are the four positions mentioned in Come on Bible, verse eleven apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers. Uh, yeah, these there are four other roles other than pastor that are to build up the church. Um, and if you've been paying attention the last couple of years, Pastor Joe has been trying to th- set things up so he's not, you know, the only person doing things. I wrote down a number of them. Uh, that's why we have these panel kind of discussions. I think this is the third one. So, you know, if Pastor Joe is gone, you know, we can still have people preaching the word. And so that. Uh, Ch- Pastor Joe started a Sunday school class that he unfortunately gave to me (laughs) and what we teach in that Sunday school class is how to analyze and study the scriptures so that you know people can go and teach that to others Uh, we just got done with the breaking the church into prayer groups what's the purpose of this this is one to teach people to be comfortable praying around others and this also gives people a chance to lead prayer like We were still meeting inside. People threw their prayer requests up to Joe, and then he prayed. But now we've got a whole variety of people that are praying. And should we have lockdown, guess what? Now you all know how to pray in front of other people. Um, Let's see. Pastor Joe's talked about uh, prepping for home churches, home worship. I don't know. It was around March. He started putting out videos like this is how you take communion. This is how you pray with your kids, do the confession. So, A couple weeks ago we also had communion where pastor joe was not disseminating is that the right word disseminating the uh the bread and the wine i can't think of another church i've been to where the pastor wasn't you know in charge of that and so we have the ability to now give communion and so the challenge i want to give to all of you first a question do you want to build the body of christ and i hope you answer yes you don't have to answer out loud oh quick side note I forgot <laughs> that's what happens when you write in pencil and it's sunny and you can't see uh, I mean, we just had Jason and Grace up here talking as far as I know Pastor Joe did not force them to come up here and start this program right. and so we have you know, people stepping up and you know, encouraging the body of Christ so thank you uh, so the second thing my challenge is pray and contemplate what gifts God has given you to use uh, and then you also have pray and contemplate what skills you don't have so, you know, I shouldn't do this because I'm not feeling this. I was thinking Edgar is very friendly and personable and nice. I am none of those things. <laughs> 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 That's why he can go out and share Jesus with people like like I cannot. So that is a skill that I do not have. But Yet. praying and contemplating about skills you do not have is a way to grow and find out which skills you need to learn in. So... Edgar, don't teach me to be nice. (laughs) 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 Um, And so, yes, that's my challenge to you. I also have a Bible verse. Hold on. So in the Ephesians one, it said, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I'm not even going to begin to pretend that I know what all of those roles look like in the modern church in the time of COVID. But if you go to 1 Corinthians... Uh, 12 starting in verse 4 Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit and there are varieties of service But the same Lord and there are a variety of activities But it is the same God who is who empowers them to all in everyone To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good To one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the one spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another the ability to distinguish between spirits (laughs) to another various kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues all of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who appoints who apportions excuse me to each one individually as he wills and so pray and contemplate what skills and gifts God has given you that you can use to empower the church. Because unfortunately Pastor Joe cannot do it by himself. And if church locks down again. And we have churches at home. Unfortunately Pastor Joe cannot go home to home. And some of us are going to have to lead Sunday school and services. And so again pray and contemplate what skills you have to offer. Thank you.
3: Um, God bless everybody. Can you, can you hear me well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do I follow these guys? I don't know, right? I should have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. After having um, heard what they've had to say, I'm just going to dig a little bit into um, the setting. I know we're only in Chapter 4, but you got to understand what Paul's trying to get to and why he's in Ephesians and what's going on and what his lifestyle and what his um, whole mission and and what he's been, he uses the word prisoner, he uses the word slave, he uses the word bondservant. Um, you have to understand that these, these pictures that he's given to you are very important in their culture. It's very important that you try to put yourself in Paul's shoes and, and see the world that he's looking at so you can understand the concepts that he's given to you in the manner that we walk. Now, Ephesians, it comes in a time where where Paul is, if you know the story of Paul, he um, met claimed to have met the resurrected Christ, which is, which is something that if you were a part of the other 11 apostles, it might just rub, you know it might just, just make you a little upset. You know, that now you have this guy who was persecuting you, who was putting you guys in prison, who was destroying the church and your faith and your community, who was doing all these horrible things to you guys, and then now he comes, all of a sudden shows up and says, hey, I met the glorified Christ. You saw him crucified and all that? I spoke with him afterwards. He he showed me the crucifixion. He showed me the Last Supper. And then you get, the other 11 are like, what? And who are you taking this gospel to? Well, well, precisely to all the people you hate. You know, the Gentiles. You know, it's just like so it, he was such a different more advanced in his thinking and in, in, in the grace that he received in the mission that he received from god that this book takes place in a time where there's gentiles and there's a bunch of diversities mixing in with the jewish people and they're mixing in with people who've had traditions they're mixing in with people who've known god since the beginning according to the count of this book so they're, mi- they're they're mixing in with people now you have a, a, a Pagan traditions, you have pagan um, cultural, um, you know festivities. You have their mindset. You have all this now being brought into the church, and then you have eleven main apostles saying, "We don't want this." And then now you have Paul saying, "Yes, Jesus wants this. From the beginning of time, He has revealed the mystery of salvation, which would be to all people, not just to you. Do you not understand that you were picked, you were chosen, not because you were special, but because you were of the bottom to reveal to the the world, the glories and manifestation of Christ in us through God who sent him, right? That's the mission that Paul has. And so he's telling the Jews this. So this book comes in a place where now he's at Ephesians. He's planting a church like our brother says. They've people. But this church is acting like children. They're acting in children because here's a term that I want you to also take home. Here's something I want you to take home. Not a term. Uh, uh, just so you know how Ephesians breaks down. Um, it's Sit. So Paul reminds all the childish, immature Christians just to sit down again. Sit your little behinds down. Stop working. Stop trying to sing. Stop speaking in tongues. Stop giving to the widows. Sit down. And meditate and base and just just meditate and soak up what Christ has done for you. You are in Christ. That's the first chapter 1 and 2. In Christ sit down meditate soak it up pour yourself all over this you know drowned in this ocean of of grace then he tells them stand all right that's in chapter three going to four stand then in chapter four to six you hear the word walk so you're going to hear sit stand and walk through this gospel because he's bringing them again he said i've already taught you the elementary stuff so when in verse four where it says remember about the pictures therefore a prisoner for the Lord, a prisoner. If you haven't been a prisoner, I'm not going to advise you to try it, but if you ever do land in a jail or in prison or somewhere where someone has custody of you, you will now know what kind of rights you have. You will know, hey, you know, sometimes you just want to go get yourself a nutty bar. My wife doesn't like that. I eat too many of them, but <laughs> sometimes I just want a nutty bar. In In jail, you can't. You know, you can't, you can't, you don't have shampoo, you don't have shampoo. You don't have toothpaste, you don't have toothpaste. You don't have clothes, you don't have clothes. No, what you brought in is what you have, man. And you move when they tell you to move. You eat when they tell you to eat. And he says he's a prisoner. A prisoner. How far? How far is that from your and my Christianity in America? How far? Let's, I can't even dive into that today. Um, but look at this word. It says, urge you to walk. Now, here's something that you have to know. When you have a conversation with someone and they drop a reference and you don't know where that reference is coming, the whole conversation could be lost. Well, that's what's going on here. If you do not understand what he means by walk, you missed Ephesians. You missed it. Because the way that he, when he went to battle with the other Jewish apostles, which is a big battle, a huge battle, the founding, you know, these guys are it. These guys walk with the Lord. And now we have one that says, I walk with the Lord in the Spirit. And this is how we're going to hash it out. We're going to talk about how we come up with rules and principles to teach the people that do not know God. To teach the people that worship, to teach the people that live like the worldly people live. Not like us. How do we bring the light over there? So he had to come up with something called the way. The way for the Gentiles. The manner of walk or the teaching. You know how in in uh, Matthew it says and go and teach and baptize teaching there was there is about eight page teaching on how to bring the light into gentiles that's what he's referring to here the walk all right, having said some of these things, does anybody have any questions before we, I mean, um, we've all said some things. We can piggyback off each other. I don't want to just have like mm-hmm. a closed discussion here. You've heard some of the things I've said. The walk, before I move on, is something that if you want to Google, um, you can Google under Didache or the teaching, the way, the walk, the teaching for the Gentiles. It's what it's called. You can put that in Google, teaching for Gentiles, and it's going to come up, Didache or um, the the way of Christ for Gentiles and all it is, is their way to do. Because see, the thing is, they had an underground church system. They were being persecuted. They were being fed to the lions. They were being stabbed in the middle of their stomach and guts falling out in the presence of an you know of people just for spectacle. All right, their their babies were being fed to lions in the Colosseum for spectacle. So an underground church does not mean that they become you know go under the earth sort of say, they become invisible. What I mean by that is that um, having a background in, 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 um, from people who migrate and immigrants, um, being in America is something that can relate to what's going on here in this time in Paul's time. And that is invisible. We have to be invisible. We, we, we can't allow the system to know who we are as a people because we don't belong here. That mm. is the same thing Christ is telling you. The world is going to hate you. You're going to have to be who you are, but you're not going to have to. There's going to be some years and some decades where you can't f- sing the whole flag up here because all you're going to do is lose ground. Yeah, you you highlighted yourself as a Christian, but what you do? You got locked up and killed. Your mission is done. But if you can be the Haggins and who you are and preach god and advance god in a bible study in a format of of teaching someone making a disciple without other people it could be your co-worker it could be your relative without other people finding out like hey there's this just straight up getting up there for church and they're praising their god well you know what sometimes in this history of the book they they remained the spiritual church without ever shouting it they did it you they will know them by their love their peace their patience their virtues that's what it means to have an underground church. It means to be a merchant. It means to be a plumber and make disciples. It means to be a police officer and make disciples. It means to be whatever these five. That's another thing we can get into. Why is there five callings that God has given to the church? And most of the Western Christianity does not really make any of these kids. Most of our kids go off to do something else. Most of our families do not even offer one kid to the Lord. For any of these offices, we don't train them up. So what does that mean? Are we making disciples? If we can't make a disciple out of our own kid, we have a problem. If we can't teach our own kids or myself to walk like Paul is telling us to walk, the church has a problem. We have a problem. So that's what he's referring to. It's the walk. It's the teaching of, because if you say, well, how do you know he's referring to that? Because he says it. And where he says where you used to walk in all manners of darkness and and the, how the Gentiles walk, so he's he, you have to pay attention that the walk is the teaching of light. So after this, I'm gonna pass it on and we can keep talking. So this is what would happen: there were underground church, invisible church, because as soon as they found out, hey. There's James with his disciples. There's James with that crazy Lindy singing. Go get James. We want Peter, we want Thomas, and we want John, and we want them dead. Go get him. As soon as they found out. So they couldn't be all around town singing like sometimes we imagine that's what's going on. No. They're rubbing shoulders over here working and sweating and doing their thing, and then all of a sudden a conversation comes. and like, oh, he needs light. So now he drops a seat of light. He picks it up. Now they're having a conversation on a whole different level. While well, these guys are having a perverted conversation. These guys are having a gospel conversation. That's how we do mission work. That's how we do evangelism. You have to be in the mix of this world. What do you think Jesus did evangelism or mission work? He didn't do it in the church. He did it in his world that he created. This world.
0: So what's the scripture about um Always being on guard to explain yourself?
3: Yeah, Peter. That's you know in Peter.
0: Do you know which one it is?
3: Not offhand. hand. Okay.
0: So the DDK that you mentioned, yep. what
3: is that? That's this. It's literally transforms to...
0: What is it, though, like, if you were going to write it down for us?
3: You the mean teaching the to the Gentiles.
0: No, but it's like DDK. Oh, how, how do you
3: pronounce, it? how do you spell it? It's going to be Didache. It's going to be D-I-D-A and I believe C-H-E. Okay. Very close to that. Thank you. I'll put um K, right next to it, put K-E-R-G-Y-M-A.
0: K-E-R-G-Y-M-A. Thank you.
3: And then um, equals teaching to the Gentiles. Okay. Somewhere in there you'll find in my spelling, you know. I failed phonics. Better than I was doing. <laughs> so, yeah, any questions on the teaching of the walk? That's. Um, oh, yeah, just to wrap that thought up. So they could not allow any... Any new person who was interested in the faith or, for example, if I had a friend, I couldn't bring my friend to, to you guys, not in that time. I couldn't bring him here because as soon as I brought him to our fellowship, if he was a spy, if he was a fake, if he was immature in his faith and they caught him and they tortured him or they put pressure on him or they put him in jail or took whatever they took from him, his cow, his goat, whatever, he could give all of us up and we would end up in jail together we would all be tortured, we would all be silenced, some of us would die, and in that area, they would overcome and gain territory. That's something we don't understand as Christians yet. But something that you, that you might understand if I say, Hosanna claims territory in the spiritual realm, whether you understand that or not. We, we are here advertising this is who we are, this is our creed, this is our dogmas. We're claiming territory in St. James. In the spiritual realm, is no different. As in the physical, you claim territory through prayer, through working, through the manifestation of the light of Jesus Christ in your life, in the dark community you live in. You're gaining territory. You're gaining not only physical, land, geography, like this location territory. You're gaining the territory of a person's mind in hopes that with the seeds start brightening up and enlightening their intellect, that they will grab their soul who they are to understand that there's dark here and the light of Jesus Christ is coming here so that they can merge together and then you can start having a Christian manifest the word of God in their community in their homes in their life our life being transformed because they were renewed by the power of the spirit, which is in this word. So having said that, you would train disciples. You would live with them for about 18 months to two years before you even baptized them, before you even introduced them to the community of faith. You would be the one doing Bible studies with them. You'd be the one eating with them. You'd be the one checking up in the market with them. You'd be the one looking out for him wherever he was at. You would have constant weekly attendance with this guy or this girl or this family. And then after a year and a half to two years, then you say, hey, Hosanna, I've already proved this guy. He's got the works of the light. He's been through the Cake. He understands. There's good deeds being done. He gives. I've seen his work and his mission work. I'm bringing him in. We're baptizing him. And that would be the first time in that time that they will get to meet the new baptized person. It's not like in America where it's like, hey, Sunday, the last Sunday of August, we're getting baptized. Sign up. Fill her up. It's not like that, guys. It, it was not like that. And it shouldn't be like that. And it shouldn't be like that because then we have scary stats. You go on Google and you put the stats of, of Christian kids or faithful kids that stay in the faith. We're like two out of ten. We retain two kids out of ten. And that's being generous, honestly. It's it's under two kids out of ten that we retain in the faith. We have to get serious about this walk. Go so ahead, So do Linda. you
0: think that... If you said we're we're gonna get more territory, that maybe we would get more territory on September the fifth on the Saint James thing. If people come and help,
3: Um, that is the hope. The hope is yeah. The hope is obviously to unite like the, the verse is saying because it's telling you you have to unite you have to be peaceful you have to like i said there's so many diversities that we sometimes don't think when we read the bible because it just talks about paul or peter but they're dealing with people who are from greece they're dealing from people who are all over the middle east and in asia they're dealing with a lot of diversity so think about it think about it it's just in you guys here the majority is caucasian and, and, and you guys are even split in your political parties now think about them who some of them didn't care for government, who cared for idols or who cared for sacrifices, and some did care for politics, some cared for religions. Think about everything they had to actually navigate and come to a place of love and peace and understanding and to actually say, you know what? We can be united. We can move all these politics aside. We can leave our, you know our traditions aside and and let's live like Jesus lived because that's what he says here. He wants to take you from childish to maturity to the full knowledge of who Christ is. Not understand the whole bible in your mind no he's talking about a different knowledge a knowledge where you know that you hear god that you know that he's if if, if someone comes to you because he talks about people with false doctrines or sometimes even you know sometimes it's not even a, a pastor who has a false doctrine but it might be teaching you encouraging you in a wrong way but when you know that god speaks to you and you know this book you can listen to anybody any pastor and you'll do what jesus says to do retain the good throw away the bad listen to your Messiah's words if there's something that sounds too much that's tradition or culture or too much you know that's not going to allow you to work where God is calling you to work either through in your spirit, in your dreams when you hear them inside of you if something's going against that and it could be your pastor, it could be me all you got to do is humbly do what it says humble yourself, pray and tell the Lord lead me, guide me They're telling me not to go forward with this mission. They're telling me not to pray. I'm not afraid. I want to listen to you. That's how we grow. Sometimes the body does not know how to encourage. So that's what's going on here. People wanted to work, but they were in sin. People wanted to work, they were hypocrites. People wanted to work, but they did not come in unity and love. And that's what you see displayed here. And he just comes back, exhorts, corrects, and then tells them to walk. Now live this out. No more childish stuff. No more immaturity. Let's take your mask off is what he's saying. No more Sunday routine. No more. Do you love him or not? That's what he's asking. Were you called? Well, yeah, I was called. Do you believe you know him? Yeah, I believe I know him. Do you believe that he and you will have an eternal place together because he promised you? Well, yeah. Then walk it out. Walk it out. Don't just shout it. Don't just talk about it. Walk it out. Manifest this If you fall You fall If you trip You trip Get up Walk it out If you fail You fail Like D.L. Moody said I fell today I'll fail next week I might even fail next month I might fail all year But it just means I'm getting closer That should be our attitude In this walk You might not figure out How to really evangelize somebody you know how many times I've gone home after I've talked with somebody and I'm having that conversation with the Holy Spirit saying, have mercy on me and him. I might have just send that guy to hell. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I didn't know what to say. I ran out of words. I got, I, I jammed up God. I, and then, but then he reminds me, it's not you who sends or condemns the soul. He said, like, you were there. You gave the effort. You put yourself there. You're trusting me. We're growing. You keep doing that. You keep doing that. And now I've been able to, anywhere, Anywhere I go, I can I can spark up conversation. Not me, them. It's the humans that do it. It's the people that do it. You won't even do the work. They will start asking you questions because they will see and sense that light quick in your words and the way you look. Just looking at them in 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 their eyes. Jesus says that the life and the light of man is where. It's in the eyes. Now, when you are being aware of what he means spiritually speaking about that, you'll be able to talk to somebody, and you'll be able to have conversations with that person and God at the same time, and you start being in sync with these people. You can't control that. It's when God is doing it through you. I wish I could just look at you any time of the day and start kind of reading, you know, some of your thoughts, not because I'm a mind reader, no, but because I have a voice in me telling me, this is how you encourage, this is the verse you say. Bring this up And I'll bring something up And guess what The person opens up And it's like Oh man I'm so good at this Not I'm not I'm just a good listener now It took years But I'm a better listener now Alright Having said that The walk The importance of actually Studying the Bible Any questions Any 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 things that kind of popped out While we were speaking Any three of us
0: Do you have to be So A certain level of maturity To do this Or can you be a little kid or do you have to be spiritually mature?
3: Okay. You have to be spiritually mature, and, and you see it. You see it often that there was, it's Paul and Jesus who rebuke and exhort the congregation a lot. He exhorted the 12 over and over when he said, Oh, you, a little faith. Oh, you, how long must I be with you? How long must I carry with you? How long and how long and how long? He was telling them, Why have you not believed yet? Why have you not believed to this to, to have this kind of faith? You know, because it's a process. So as they were going, we got to see a lot of their childish, you know, toddler stages, teenage stages when they walk with Jesus for three years and a half. But what happened after the day of Pentecost? You don't hear about Peter slipping anymore. He's flipping worlds upside down. So to answer your question is, gee, and then Paul says he exhorts another congregation because they're going through similar stuff, being um, tossed back and forth this one and I believe it was I'm sorry there was another one and um, they were being just beguiled and he comes to me he tells them you should already be teaching like what's going on and that's the way I feel about not only myself but anybody who's been in the faith for more than two three years we should already be teaching not necessarily don't think of you know pulpit western church or American Christianity where you need a stage you know you need just to start doing this Jesus um, Paul said I'm here giving you guys milk I've already done this you already know the way he's like I already did the whole steps of the cler- the whole steps of the Gentile teaching with you guys I've done that you've heard it I've even displayed miracles wonders and signs in front of your eyes he would tell them is like, why are you still acting like hypocrites? Why are you still not liking each other? What he was saying is this, so I can bring it home. Why are you calling yourself Christians but hate your brother? Why are you calling yourself Christians but go and talk evil about him who also worships with you? Why are you being, you know, prejudiced and jealous and envious? And why are you destroying your own people? That's what he's saying in this congregation. Why are we against each other? Why can't you get over your discriminations and your prejudices and the things you're holding on that bother him and bother you? This is elementary, is what he's saying. This is not Christ-like. Christ was not petty. He was not caring about any of your doctrines or religions. And, oh, how do you know that? Well, because he told the Samaritan, the two biggest, biggest, biggest religions of their time. He told the Jews, it's not in your temple, buddy. He told the Samaritans, it's not on your mountain. You're both wrong. You got some things right, but you're both missing it. So that's not what saves. What saves is the light that comes through Jesus Christ. And that's what we have to focus on, how to bring that light out, how to instruct our kids to live out that life, and how to really be about that light. And that's what he's telling these people. So, yes, Lindy, to answer your question, if you're immature, all you're going to do is keep stirring up the church in the wrong way. You're going to stir up the sins. You're going to stir up the hate. You're going to stir up the jealousy. You're going to stir up the prejudice. You're going to stir up the discriminations. If you're matured, you're going to stir up the blessings. You're going to stir up the mission work. You're going to stir up the joyful things. You're going to stir up the work, the prayer, the fasting. You're going to stir up the the. Go to the widows Go to the orphan That's how you know That somebody's actually About God's business That's how you know When someone's actually Even being, being awakened To the reality Of their purpose You know We're here And Paul's word to us To all of us Including myself Is telling us I see you I see you come Sundays I see you do the best That you can Or some Some try to do the best You can during the week I see all that That's what he's telling These people he said, like, but you know what the world sees? And you know why I'm here? I'm here on assignment because while I'm trying to build another church down yonder, I hear my ears are itching with rumors about how you guys are behaving. That's what's going on. That's what's going on here. So he's setting them straight. And sometimes we need to hear these words. I hear, and I myself am part of this group. We do a lot of good things. But a lot of us can be honest. We're just not there when it comes to standing up for our faith and being firm and walking it out. We struggle there. So Paul's advice for you and I today through this text is sit down again. Read Ephesians. Go back and be reminded of your spiritual blessings. What you gain with Christ. Who you are in Christ. And then when you start getting a little encouragement in your spirit and you start feeling that overcoming, that victory in you, then stand. He says, when you feel that, stand up. When you embrace that, stand up. When you understand that, stand up. Because once you're standing, then your next move is walk. So once you stand, then you stand firm. He's talking about a spiritual level of fight. Hey, you lost your way a little bit. It's all right. I got you. I'm going to remind you where we come from who we are and what Christ did for us. Sit. Meditate. Worship here. Praise here. Okay, you got it? You're encouraged? You know he's with you? Stand. But stand, just just wait. Don't move yet. Don't move. You're going to trip. Stand. Because when you stand, now everything that you just accomplished to your prayer and meditation and convincing yourself that you were in Christ, now you're going to be attacked. You're going to be attacked in your mind and your emotions and your body is coming. Stand firm. But when you feel the umph to walk, walk. Forget the attacks. Forget the pressure. Forget everything and walk. That's what's going on. So yes, we need to mature.
0: So our moderator, do you have anything to add?
1: Um. Any questions? First of all. I just
2: got something
1: to add. Sure. Yeah. It's
2: just, like it's not just age
0: for spiritual maturity. Mm. Even the little kids, they can. Yes. Their faith is so great. Like. Yeah. Like she. Like Emma. She was, a couple weeks ago, I prayed over my foot, she comes up to me, I didn't know she had prayed over my foot hurting, she came up to me and says, "Mom, I was limping, you know, she says, Mom, your foot's going to be healed, I prayed about it and walked away. Like, she's teaching, you know, Levi, he was being picked on at the campground, every week he's dealing with these bullies, and they told one, ah, you can pick on me, but I got a greater warrior, Jesus, behind me, and I walked away is teaching
1: the camera. I mean, yeah. he's like a child. Mm-hmm. It's not always, you know, Sp- spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity isn't yeah. isn't related to age, yeah. right? Amen. Yep. Yeah. Um, just a couple thoughts. One, in verse 12, the word equip. Yep. Um, the word equip, the Greek word, really means to, like, mend. So, like, the fishermen would equip their nets at the end of their fishing trip. They'd equip them so that they're ready to go back out and be used again. So when they're talking about the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds and teachers equipping, it's mending. It's it's preparing to be used. Okay, so it's not a um, it's not a head knowledge. It's a it's a physical knowledge being ready to go and and do more. Um, And then when I've discussed this passage with Pastor Joel before, in the Greek, it talks about the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the shepherds in the Greek. And this is and teachers, but the word for and before the teachers is different than the word between the other ones. And so he's raised questions about why Why is and teachers different than and pastors and prophets and apostles? Um, One of the thoughts is that all of us are gifted as apostles or prophets or evangelists or pastors. And then some are, are gifted as one of those things and a teacher to do the equipping. So... Look at the look at those gifts the apostles prophets evangelists shepherds pro, our, our pastors where is your gifting Okay because you're gifted in one of those areas um, and sometime I think we'd have you know it'd be good for Pastor Joe to maybe go over what each of those areas means um, the one that I always get messed up with the apostles and how that fits into prophets and and pastors. Pastors are caretakers. Prophets are, are preachers. Evangelists are. Okay, so prophets are preachers to the called. Evangelists are preachers to the uncalled. I'm just not sure where the apostles fit in.
3: So the apostles, the main thing is to.
1: In your mic. Thank you.
3: The apostles' main mission is to oversee and to draw out the potential. Their main mission is to plant churches and put people in place and... and, and they go to a different location, a whole new region. They, they cast a vision. <coughs> they say, hey, these people need God. Who we're sending? It could be them or it could be one of their missionaries. They send them out there. They establish a location, a point of interest, and they, they what we call a gatekeeper. We find somebody that's indigenous there, and then we train them up. We equip them like he's saying, but their main mission is to establish a whole new church in that community. Once that's done, leave it with overseers, with shepherds, with deacons, and then move on to a whole new new one so and then the, to add to the prophet, the prophet serves in the church. Any prophecies that ever come through any prophet or any dreams that come through a prophet, it's called is usually to not usually it's a hundred percent to reveal the heart of the church and then to point to the office of priest, which means to Jesus. So a prophet comes either with the dream, with the saying, with the quote, with the word from God of knowledge or anything he comes, he speaks it, and those who are ready to hear that, we're gonna hear that. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. So they're going to hear that. My children know my voice. They're going to hear that. And it's a heart check. It's a wake up. It's a, It feels uh, feels heavy. feels a little weird in the gut. It feels like, oh, I didn't like what he said. It made me uncomfortable. But as you're chewing that, then you start understanding this is the meat that he's talking about. This is what Jesus says, that the will of God is my meat. It didn't feel good. It's going to make me change patterns in my thinking, in my daily routine. It's going to change my week. It's going to change my month. It's going to change my life. Oh, wait, that's what I prayed for. Transform my life, Jesus. You know, that kind of thing. We, sometimes we fight with our own prayers and our own things we ask God. So that's what the prophet does. That's what the, um, that's, uh, so it's, it's, it's Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist. Those three will be top. And then the teachers and the pastors fall in sequence under them because they're the ones that shepherd the congregation, the communities that stay behind. So is the prophet
0: also, also moving on shortly
3: thereafter like the apostles did when they They move on, yes. They'll move on, they'll float. Um, it all depends where the Lord needs them. Um, sometimes if the church is doing right, the, There's no need for a prophet there. Um, Usually a prophet comes when it's a time of deliverance in people's lives, and it's a time of heart deliverance, spiritual deliverance, and it's a time to move. That's when a prophet and evangelist will come to the scene, when when it's action time or when they're in a time where they've been sitting and waiting on God for something, and God has proved them, their hearts and their minds, and said, all right, that community, that congregation is ready. So he'll send one of his prophets to the And in due time, you'll see it in the Bible, every time a prophet um, hit the scene or in the congregation was around him, it was moving time. It was war time. It was action time. It was praying time. It was fasting time. It was time to take lead from that person. And then they would move. As soon as one, two years that they were done, the church wouldn't move. They would move because now the church is equipped and active, and his
1: job is done. So that would be one role of the prophet. Yes. But the other role of the prophet is like the preacher of the church the oh you're just talking about like
3: prophetic word is what you're talking about
1: no i'm there's prophetic word is one part but also just the explanation and the proclaiming of the scriptures that we have so there's two roles of the prophet they that they can fall into it can be prophetic and dreams and things like that it can also be the teaching of the of the sunday pastor well preaching
3: yeah i was going to say anybody that speaks the truth this is that's what i meant by prophetic teaching so this whole book is prophetic if you don't understand what that means is that this book it's it's gonna do things before you even know it's gonna do things. It's already promised things and it's gonna keep it and it's gonna fulfill it. It's ahead of its time. Yeah. So when we mean by anybody that if, if 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 let's say Abby, she goes and teaches somebody the gospel on the streets, that's a prophetic because it, she's teaching truth and giving them seeds that are not gonna return void. So anybody who does profess this and teach this, it steps into a prophet role, but doesn't make them a prophet. The fact that it makes them a prophet is that they're taking Jesus' words, which are prophetic. And right. the, those are the transfe- You know, when you speak that, right. then that. Yeah, but it doesn't make you a prophet. It just make you taking from the prophecy of Jesus and giving it out. So you're speaking truth,
1: right? But you don't have to have dreams. And no, 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 not at
3: all. Anybody who speaks, any, any Bible study, no. any phone call,
1: yeah, you're you. you, yeah. you now you're in the prophetic We're, ministry. Yep. Where the role of the shepherd or the pastor is the caregiving, it's not the proclaiming. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. Let's continue with, um, oh, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message. Lord, we pray that you would be with us and reveal to us how you've called us. Lord, how are you equipping us? How are you forming us and making us to serve your church? Lord, we pray that you would, would bless us, that you would stir in our hearts to raise up those, those questions of ourselves and to see within ourselves ways that we are called to minister here. Bless us as we, as we meditate on this word this week. In your name, amen.